of it is like, yeah, she needs a friend, but it's it's not like I'm doing this because I want you to feel better. I want yeah. I want you to do this so I don't have to do anything. Nope. <laughs> which is not the answer. Sure was. <laughs> so yeah, it's very clearly like, oh, I got two birds with one stone. Like both. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah, to <laughs> test out this toy yeah. and also not have to deal with a sad kid. Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Kat. And we're the Ghouls Next Door. The Ghouls Next Door. And we are the media literacy show from a horror lens where we explore the real life historical, emotional, and technological reasonings behind our cinematic fears. And today we're talking about Megan. Megan. With a three. Mithrigan. Mithrigan. That's how you know they're a robot. Uh, yes. If if they just called her Megan, like without the three, yeah, that would just be a regular kid. You could, you know, yeah, they really had to make three Megan. everybody. Yeah, it's <laughs> really good. Oh my god! Yeah, that's why for yeah. this episode, I'm Gabe, but instead of an A, there's a four. <gasps> I love that. <laughs> and then I'm cat with a four. I imagine yeah. or the at symbol. No, that's a good one. You could mm-hmm. just be K and then the at symbol. Yeah, so <laughs> today we're talking about M- Megan. I'm just going to say Mithrigan again. Uh, <laughs> Megan, who is uh, an AI toy companion that uh, gets wonky as it is. Uh, we have in the past talked about AI. We have talked about AI toys and children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no doubt we will talk about AI in the future because we're not even yeah. really talking about like all the AI that it could be, you know? Oh yeah, like my section, I re- I don't talk much about it. Like I feel like the last time we did AI and like kids and like or AI and like its implications on humanity, we talked primarily about like just the robots. We're gonna get mm-hmm. unpack like, are we able to have a Megan type doll? I don't do that this time. This time I yeah. just talk about children grief uh, because it just seems like our theme is more children focused than robot focused this go round. Totally so, allowed. Totally yeah. allowed. Um, because I think there's there's definitely opportunity for us to have a focus in the science fiction world. Um, mm-hmm. Totally intending to do that at some point, hopefully in the summer, knock on wood, I'd love to do a whole sci-fi series where we talk about just these imagined futures or alternate worlds where tech has, you know, gone where it is. But I feel like as absurd and silly as Megan is, uh, there's also an aspect to it that was, uh, realistic in some ways in mm-hmm. that like obviously there's not going to be <laughs> like a Megan but with the way that we're interacting with AI now and like the way that it's influencing us uh it doesn't feel too far off like it is clearly like a yeah. euphemism for <laughs> like uh how we interact with technology now we just gave it a face that we like and that's not to say there are ai machines that have faces yeah there's so much that could be talked about and when we watch megan we were not it was not an original idea for this series even though it like had, it was horror and it had a kid in it we just went in to have fun yeah, we're like, we watch movie for a job. What if watch movie just for funsies? And <laughs> it turned into watch movie for job, even though it was still very funsies. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's hard. Like, it is hard for us to not put on our media literacy glasses. Like, it's hard for me to watch content without thinking about what it's doing <laughs> and like turning off those parts yeah. of me. I have to find, like, I can't even think of a show where I don't do that. Where there's not a part of me like, hmm, we could have probably did this a little better. (laughs) Yeah, or like, why do they film it like that? What are they trying to say? And then almost always it's just like, should they be trying to say that? (laughs) Yeah, or like, why why these people? And what are Uh they doing here? I would have decided if I'm offended if I know who wrote this. I always look up whoever made it because I'm like, this will decide. Do you have a right to say whatever this was? no okay then now I'm upset with you yeah it's so it's absolutely valid and with this we were like okay no we're not gonna care it's gonna be fine and Mm -hmm. we 
went to the theater. It was like a treat for us. And then halfway through the film, I turned to look at Kat and I was like, oh, we're going to have to cover this because it is saying so much. Yeah. Like, it's like straight up saying a lot. Like, <laughs> and, and it, like you, anyone can see that it's saying that. Like, it's very like on the nose, but in a way that was still entertaining. So mm-hmm. it didn't feel as force fed as, as some films often do when they're like, learn about how robots can be dangerous it's like we're look what we're talking about let's think about it and i mean it is something that's like going to be something that we have to i think as you said we're gonna have to talk about this again purely from like an ai thought process because like so many toys like even thinking just like megan was created for a reason it's Mm because parents don't got time and i mean in this instance it's you know, a guardian that was not expecting to have kids in the first place being like, oh crap, there's a kid here. Um, what do I do but, with that? But there's also <laughs> lots of humans that exist who have spawned who maybe like didn't want to or like. Or they're busy in the capitalist or, society. Yeah, so. our, our society does not set up parents to actually like be able to do what they need to be doing because the whole thing is like, you don't exist outside of work. And if mm-hmm. you do, hire someone just make more work for other people so that you never have to see any of those people that are in your house like a lot of toys are created even as just like parent companions like that's like Mm -hmm. the whole vibe is like isn't dealing with your kid hard (laughs) here's the thing that makes them sleep easier you know what i mean like there's like always like the toys a lot of them if they're parent facing are oriented to like be an assistant to the parent and they're mm-hmm. made of robots, so it's like a similar vibe. I think it's like a commentary on like the fact that toys aren't always just for funsies. They're actually like to be used as a distraction for parents because they need them because capitalism necessitates that. Um, which is so. Th- those are all super valid. I'm actually going to talk about a bit about that in my section about like that. the reliance on the technology because that was it was very obvious. Like that was mm-hmm. a core goal that they had in their commentary um but yeah there's just there is a lot to unpack yeah why don't we dive in because there's a lot to say about megan i'm very excited to hear your section two cat just because um you know we talked about grief many times on the show and also very recently but specifically from the (laughs) from the lens of children and uh how they cope and also just thinking about like the tools that they could use if, if they don't turn evil uh, in real life so yeah i mean if they're not an ai robot that doesn't have the capacity for human emotion then they probably won't <laughs> yes yeah they'll probably yeah. Be chill you know <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, i'll let you get into it thank you all right so megan which we're talking about is from 2022 just happened and it is about a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own and it's directed by gerard johnstone um yeah and it's a surprisingly heartfelt film about grief loss and ai uh, mm-hmm. like you said it was absolutely unexpected i was just like oh this is silly and some people like hate on it because it is super goofy mm-hmm. um but i think like horror fans really get a kick out of that like when we get yeah. a truly goofy film but it's also like oh okay <laughs> i see what <laughs> see you did there yeah. yeah uh i've i loved it so i get it and most people i know loved it so um the film is that uh, young Katie's parents are dead. That's what we open with, she said. And uh, after losing them in a car accident, Katie finds herself in the care of her distant, tech-savvy aunt, Gemma. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a rush moment of taking Katie in while trying to keep her life moving as usual. Because as Kat mentioned, uh, this is a person who is not ready or equipped to care for a child. Um, yeah. Because Gemma is cold uh standoffish uh she's a workaholic who um was not ready to take care of this kid and quite possibly had no intention of ever having kids of her own that's the thing (laughs) especially um with uh millennial parents or or millennials who could be of parenting age right it's that's a big thing is like instead they do want the dog yeah. <laughs> so we want the dog instead. Um, totally valid. And so this is something that's like sprung upon her, and she feels like it's the right thing to do instead of asking, like, am I the right person to do this? Um, yeah, it feels like obligatory instead of like, like, I should do this. This would be the right thing to do when it's like 
there were other options, my guy. And is it the right thing to do? And it's also yeah. like that <laughs> question of like, you know, family is super important for sure, but it's not always like the end all be all. And I mm-hmm. think you really have to question that. But I, Gemma just, Gemma's capable of doing a lot and she's very intelligent. And so I think she was like, oh, this is going to be fine. I'm fine. So yeah. this person's, this is going to be fine. Whatever. I, I kid. got it. <laughs> Yeah, like I know kids, robots, same thing. So yeah, like I design things really. I create life all the time. Yeah. So (laughs) So I get kids because toys. You see the connection. Um, She tried. (laughs) She she yeah, and hopefully at the end of this movie she's trying. But um, she's talented and she's terribly obsessed with technology and the toys that she designs. But um, other than the technical aspects of the toys, she isn't particularly interested in the application of the items uh, because she doesn't Mm -hmm. make toys because of the joy that it brings kids. Um, It is more just a challenge or she likes uh, like the technical aspects of it. There's this whole conversation where they're talking with a therapist and um, she has these toys that are on display. They're collector's items. So they're not to Mm -hmm. be played with. And Katie, you know, wants to play with this toy and she kind of has this, like rough reaction to her unboxing this very precious item that is just sitting on her shelf and not being used for what it was actually supposed to be used for um but then she's like oh there's all these things that it was capable of doing and you're not giving it the respect that it deserves but it's like that's a kid and this is a toy um yeah (laughs) so it reminded me of like my uncle had a lot of collectors like um star trek and star wars and other kinds of toys and i wasn't allowed to touch them then he had this like pretty queen amadala okay and i was like she's really pretty for play though these are not toys i was like that's a toy like on the back of the box there's a kid playing with the toy so i think it is a toy um I'm going to be allowed, but then not. Um, yeah. Well, it's like later- every adult, like 30 year old is just like, oh, I can buy all the things that my parents said I couldn't have. And, but then they're like adults. So they just mm-hmm. don't have the same play element to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, uh, Mike's, uh, nibblings came over and we had, I had to like distinguish, like, these are toys that you can touch. And these are toys you can't touch. <laughs> and yeah. it was so hectic for me. But that's like, that is really the thing. It's like, you have to, like, that's something I didn't even consider until they were here. And I was like, of course, they're going to want to, like, touch these things. They're they're toy adjacent or they are toys. Yeah. But that's not what we use them for. And that's, like, how Gemma works. Like, she just never considered and never had cause to consider what it means to take it in a child um and so when she decides to test out her newest creation which is an ai life-size version of american girl doll on her grieving niece it's not because she thinks katie needs a friend at this difficult time but because she needs a practical test for the device um part of it is like yeah she needs a friend but it's it's not like i'm doing this because i want you to feel better i want i want you to do this so i don't have to do anything (laughs) which is not the answer was (laughs) so yeah it's very clearly like oh i got two birds with one stone like both yeah how convenient yeah to (laughs) test out this toy and also not have to deal with a sad kid yeah (laughs) best of both worlds so yeah ridiculous um so I do think a part of it is that she feels ill-equipped to handle the emotions and grief Katie is feeling because she herself does not grieve like you don't ever see her cry um but there is scenes like as soon as Katie comes in um she just like puts her in this room that's still full of her stuff like still full of Gemma's stuff like it she never like it takes a long time before they kind of get into any kind of groove and even then it's like a problem but it's just very clear that she's just gonna smush Katie into her already existing life instead of adapting what her life is to fit Katie and so the way to do that is to placate this child and make it somebody else's responsibility she could have did that with like a human um but instead she chose Megan so um Megan uh model three generative android uh is what she her name is um though my partner mentioned that it's for femme bots those are gynoids not androids uh, oh. so her name is wrong it should be 
model three generative gynoid so her name should just be like meg (laughs) (laughs) Meg. Meg. (laughs) um but they are an ai companion that learns and adapts according to who she imprints on uh and this imprinting happens when katie places her fingers on the wrist of megan and from then on katie is her master which is a problem (laughs) children should not be the master of such powerful technology that we haven't tested on anybody or anything with like no fail saves it's like having a kid an ipad with no parental controls like what yeah. are you doing yes. <laughs> <My friend. laughs> well it's also thinking like when you know they tried to launch that like ai bot on twitter and then in like an hour it was racist and anti-semitic it's like yeah. imagine if you gave kids the, the internet when they're trying to learn how the world works and they have all these random people just telling you like this is how it is and then yeah. you're not around to tell them no that's not what we do you know um because yeah. like hatred is a learned thing so they yeah. Yeah, you can learn a lot <laughs> off the internet including bad things exactly and if that's the only thing you know without safety it could be really tough like yeah. pretty much anything you know you just need to have some precautions and it could be a really amazing tool like you can learn yeah. and you can grow and it could be an amazing also like grief tool as well like it could do that if it's yeah. not the only doing that and it's also uh made for that (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head there Gabe you got it you're correct um I'm gonna say similar things uh no like exactly but like you reinforce some things I'm gonna say later and I appreciate that same wavelength that's (laughs) yeah listeners we write our script separately and we try not to read each other's stuff um so that we can yeah because then we learn and we get to react to each other but sometimes it's just fun when we're on like the same yeah um something that i was grateful for that um my friend jeff mentioned was that there isn't a mention of asimov's three laws for androids which you hear every time those laws always come into play, which is um, a robot may not injure a human being or through an action allow a human being to come to harm. Uh, two is a robot must obey orders given by human beings, except where such orders were conflict with the first law. And three, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first and second law. So it's at the heart, it's like, you can't hurt humans. Um, you have to listen to what they say and you have to make sure you're safe. But if what Not, someone says is yeah. hurting someone, you can't do that. And if protecting yourself is hurting someone, you can't do that. I mean, it's it's an uh, integral part of any Android media. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're talking about AI, like this understanding of like, we're going to implement these laws to ensure the safety of humanity, because we're kind of giving them a lot of power. And they at some point are going to surpass us. And so we need something to assure that we're going to be okay. Um, And so that was a part of, you know, Isaac Asimov, who's written amazing science fiction uh, literature and dead those laws as a way to keep them in check. However, (laughs) almost all AI gone wrong films uh, mm-hmm. feature that feature these three laws uh, will eventually get to the point where an AI learns that the best way to protect humans is to remove them from the equation since they are their own biggest threat. Right? Um, <laughs> I watch iRobot a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that really is like the one of the biggest things for them is it get, becomes conflicting when it's like, okay, I have to preserve myself. I have to preserve people and I have to do what they say, which is to preserve them, but they're hurting themselves. So, yeah. um, and in this case, she doesn't have those three laws. Like it literally, like, they're just like, she wouldn't hurt people, you know, like there were literally <laughs> no fail saves. They were just like, we made this robot and we're not even going to test it. We're literally going to give it to a human child with no precautions whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Like Jen was like, we can like override it from the computer. And I feel yeah. like her, like the people she's working with are like, well, what happens if you can't override? And she did like the thing in like the documentaries where they're like, stumped and they like look away and they don't answer the question and it just keeps going (laughs) (laughs) what if what if she becomes sentient and can override your overrides and she's like "Um, (laughs) we don't talk about that like we don't talk about our grief (laughs) that's not going to happen yeah okay uh too good for this and i'm on a deadline um and we need (laughs) a lot of money so yeah they don't explicitly talk about it but it is kind of like at one point one of her co-workers is like she can't hurt harm a human, but they're like, what do you mean? 
think they're like nothing says she can't hurt a human and she starts she's her killing is so fun it is really silly instead of the like humanity is humanity's worst threat megan Mm -hmm. learns a twisted way to protect katie specifically and becomes her sole companion and uh a a coping mechanism that ultimately stunts her emotional growth and healing. So she's physically hurting people, but she's also damaging Katie in very specific ways and forcing her to close herself off and no longer want to interact with humans. um, Because why would you, when you have someone who gets you? So I did love like, there's a part, (laughs) there's like a montage of uh, Megan essentially mothering Katie and going through all these things. And she, has to tell her to flush the toilet a bunch um which is also a thing as someone who's not a mom i didn't think about the fact that you'd have to like tell a child to do that a bunch um (laughs) so i was like you just think like but at one point there is a little like aggravation in megan's voice like megan is the most human like android i've seen where i guess besides ex machina but where she has she's like you have to flush the toilet, Katie. <laughs> like, yep. and I was it's like, like when you miss, <laughs> it's like when you miss a turn too many times, and you'd like you think your GPS is getting sassy. Yeah, you know? rerouting. Um... <laughs> You're like, wow, okay, I hear you. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna turn. I promise. Actually, a funny story about a your a map making weird uh, personal choices. Um, yeah. Someone just told me that they were driving and the map was like, okay, uh, turn right. And it was like, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. And then it, <laughs> and then I was like, actually, turn left or something. And she's like, what? <laughs> Did I just hear that? Like it stopped. It was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like it's all oh the directions. And then stopped. And she's like, is that new? What is this? Am I in the Twilight Zone? Uh, that's scary. If, that's crazy or it's not ai and it's just a person voice acting your directions to you that would be also very funny but also if it is ai that is really crazy because it's like my apologies they might be like putting it in to make them more like relatable and like human but then that's scary you don't want them to be that you don't want them to be your friends yeah Yeah. the there's a new ai for spotify called uh, his uh DJ, it's called. If you look up DJ, he comes up and he said he says your name. So he's like, "Oh, hey, Gabe," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" And then he's just like, "I'm gonna do all these mixes for you." And he he's like, "I've been listening. To, here's some music that you were listening to a few months ago." And I'm like, "I get it. You're really wonderful." But I'm like, "You're a little too cool, man." And don't say my name like that. It's scary. <laughs> oh my goodness, I've never seen this. Okay, you, you gotta it use it on your app on your phone okay i will um well <laughs> maybe we could have it at the end of this episode stay yeah. tuned we'll have a clip of cat turning it on and so we could hear them for the first time i digress uh the reboot of child's play in 2019 featured a similar ai companion for a child and this new check you sported a malfunctioning chip that resulted in him misinterpreting actions by the children there's all kinds of antics where um he they had a love of horror movies, and so he was like, horror, that's cool. Violence <laughs> yeah. is fun. Yeah. They just, like, d- didn't understand things. Um, but he also has a whole thing where he then, because he's AI and, and we have so many pieces of technology that connect to e- each other, um, it's like, I have my watch that connects to my phone, that connects to my computers. And so, like, if I leave my computer behind, my watch is like, you left your computer behind, it's gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but people have, like, the thing where you tell your your Siri to put on the lights or whatever. Your Amazon Echo. Um, Yeah, smart house. We should definitely do that one day. That scared me. It's a fun classic. (laughs) Um, But at some point, Chucky does connect to uh, like different devices. Like, doesn't he connect it to like a self driving car and like other AI? Megan does the same thing. Uh, She has a point where she does connect to other technology, which again, it just really digs into like what are the twisted ways that technology is uh can be manipulated if put into the wrong hands <laughs> especially if those mm-hmm. hands are te- not existence because it's technical yeah. <laughs> in the airwaves um, tech it's better than tech you know confusing to all congress people who don't understand what wi-fi is and what tiktok Did, does um, how does tiktok get from my phone to the wi-fi game is tiktok charging me 
my Wi-Fi? And why does yeah. my TikTok have questionable things on it? They're like chilling on each other. Anyway. Yeah, it's um, really goofy. <laughs> Again, I digress. Um, Megan also comes from a place of twisted care for Katie. And after being placed in the position of sole emotional support, it further twists that interpretation into something violent. Because that's kind of what happens with protector AI. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of see, again, you see that in, a, in iRobot where they are calculating who's to to save and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, But with, the, with Chucky and Megan, it's like, okay, these kids are in trouble and they are my sole like responsibility. And so I don't understand what's wrong with killing the, that's a, those are bad. And that was <laughs> like challenging the life of this thing I'm taking care of. Yeah. Um, oh, we also did mother. I forgot that. I we don't did remember do what we said in that episode. Me neither. <laughs> so. But it happened. So. There are other sci-fi horror references that could be made um, in uh, Megan, including Ghost in the Shell. Uh, There's a scene where, oh, a few scenes actually that show Megan stripped down to like her bare robotic parts and she's like strung up for updates and recalibrations and just like they're running diagnostics or whatever, but she's just robot. Um, yeah. and it's giving major or whatever her name is it looks ghost and shelly um <laughs> then there's also kind of an homage to terminator 2 uh where instead of the stress like inhuman running of t1000 there's the dancing mm-hmm. pursuit and then also like uh her <laughs> running on all fours craziness yep. um and there could even be connections made between megan and her uh the ai companion that steals joaquin phoenix's heart and uh where scarlett johansson's her allowed a sad lonely man to feel love megan works to comfort katie uh so it's kind of cool because there are these little hints that we can see how um AI media has influenced her in the past. Um, And though there are interesting and fun horror scenes that uh, like, including her chasing the boy on all fours, it was crazy. That was, or her. Yeah. uh, It gave me like the robot dog. Yeah. Yeah. And going after the dog uh, that was, that hurt her and all the other. And she's like, when she's just like, no, you can't do that. Like Gemma. And it's giving like how, 9,000 or whatever um (laughs) like when she's just like no uh she's super sassy and I really love that like (laughs) you don't get sassy I don't know I think she's fun I also really loved her twitter war with Chucky on the internet um that was fun (laughs) Uh, but there's comedy in it as well, uh, and I'm sure uh, everyone has seen Megan's notorious dancing chase scene. Uh, but surprisingly, there is a lot of heart and discussion to be had in Megan. Uh, in Me- in Katie's attempts to cope, she connects with Megan and relies on her in an unhealthy way that leaves her unable to interact with others proper uh, properly. And the constant mothering Megan does for Katie is a conversation on children and their near constant screen time. There's an entire uh, montage sequence of like uh, the commercials for what Megan is going to be and it's literally like don't want a parent <laughs> are you a parent but you don't want to uh, here's a here's a cool companion that will do all of that for you you could forget your kid exists you could be literally at the same table and never have to hear a thing they say because aren't they annoying aren't they so pesky um, and you know, it's just them at the table and Katie will ask for something and Megan will one who complies. Um, and Gemma just gets to continue her life of being a single woman who works on technology. And it's just like, you also see like before that in like the, uh, where toys that they had in the beginning that kind of look like Furbies, um, uh-huh. that there's like all those commercials and it's very like playing on, like kids' obsessions with toys and technology and how parents will relent. Um, There's even a conversation about the screen time and that's why they get into the accident in the beginning is like, what is she doing? Like, is she, she's watching the screen. Now she wants this new toy or something. Um, Mm -hmm. And they they get, you just give it to them to shut them up. (laughs) And that's, it, it really felt real. Like, again, I don't have kids, but I interact with them and I know there's like, it's surreal the interaction with technology from like me growing up like as a millennial like we 
grew into a technological world. So we were right on the end of when it like was starting to creep in, but for them to have it as like babies, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like we live in a world where children are interacting with technology at younger and younger ages. I sound like a grumpy old person. I'm not, I think it's really cool. Uh, yeah. um, and because it could be an amazing tool it could encourage learning and growth um, it could uh, stimulate it, it could make you feel things um, we've talked about technology so many times in the show it really can do awesome stuff um, yeah if it's used correctly <laughs> but yeah. Gemma in her inability to uh, properly care for Katie and her feelings has instead essentially left her alone in front of the tv to raise herself right (laughs) it's just like you put her over there you put on her shows you leave and you're like she'll figure it out um and then you're like wondering why she she has like commitment issues or can't Uh um understand people's emotions or her own feelings yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) like oh i'm sure and though the therapist in the film isn't much better than Gemma, um because she doesn't quite protect or advocate for katie like she does in a loose way but it didn't feel like she wasn't really doing it <laughs> um and it kind of just felt like she just wanted to be an issue without also understanding how ill-equipped Gemma is and coming from it from that point of view like she just tried to make Gemma seem like she's a villain um and that's just gonna make her closed off and standoffish even more instead of like, okay, how can we build this together? Um, But we do have to wonder uh, about the effect of Megan's parenting and what that has on Katie's growing mind. Uh, If she didn't even, like, even if she didn't turn evil, (laughs) like Uh there would have been problems with this tactic of just like hand my kid over to the computer person (laughs) to raise Uh and, uh, I'm sure she'll be fine. Um, but ultimately, Megan is a hilariously gory horror film uh, with a lot to say about the future of kids and tech, about loss and grief, and what it means to be a family um, yeah. because it's super complex, super messy, uh, but ultimately very fun. Yeah, no, it's like a very good time. It definitely, <laughs> it, it's it's doing a lot with like, what would reasonably seem just like a silly fun time and there's just so you touched on a lot of it but a lot of just like Gemma isn't necessarily like a villain she just needed to recognize where she was failing and like instead of doing what she thought was good for her did what was right for Katie and that's like what's frustrating about the mm-hmm. movie like that's the only yeah. thing where I'm like but like they did it on purpose because it's a commentary like it's not like a critique to the film it's more like oh wow they did a really good job showcasing they're like one yeah so it's like it is really hard to be a parent in capitalism because there's like literally no time to actually do mm-hmm. <laughs> the parenting um and like you're not ne- you're never really given time for yourself either so it's like you don't have the time to do the things you need to do in terms of healing or getting therapy or like doing the th- or feeling like happy in life (laughs) because there's no extra time the only time you have is work and then the second you're not working it is reasonably hard to have to like manage an entire human being that has tons of needs Mm -hmm. and actively like and relies on you you. yeah relies on you loves you wants your support like is like you're their world and Mm -hmm. like that's really challenging to have to navigate so and it's like, super unfair like she yeah. was not in any way that was never her her life that she planned but that doesn't mean like you shouldn't be held responsible for not providing it and i think in the end she comes around to that like she yeah here's what people are saying is like oh oh okay <laughs> Yeah, because it's, like, a whole thing. It's, like, if you don't want this, then just don't want it, and that's totally fine. But, like, if you do want it, then you got to step up. And I feel like towards the end, she she does decide that she ultimately does want to be there for Katie and, like, wants to be a parent for Katie. But, like, it takes her a while to get there. And, I mean, that's reasonable. There's growing pains. It's just it's really unfortunate that those growing pains happen at such a pivotal and, like, traumatic point in Mm -hmm. katie's life yeah um that's where that's where the main problem is like it would make sense if like she was just like it took a minute for her to adjust to having to like alter her every day she just had no intention to do that yeah and it's like reasonable that that would take a minute you know Mm -hmm. but like 
because of the situation it's just that is such like a damaging period because she's also like dealing with the grief of her parents yeah. um, and the loss of her parents so yeah we can't all yeah. be lilo's sister nani we can't all be her yeah <laughs> can't yeah. be best guardian you know yeah either way the film like does a really good job exploring that and it's like not anything like as i said i'm not trying to print Gemma's the villain like she's not like she's also just dealing with this it's just there's so many way, things the ways and methods that could have been implemented differently that like the movie makes really good commentary on that because as adults dealing with the world we don't always make the right choices and Gemma does not make great choices so I'm gonna get into it um so something that we discussed previously on the ghouls is that grief is not something that can be tied into a pretty bow. It's not something that will always fit into the set stages and is on an experience that differs from person to person. And I thought it'd be interesting in this episode, instead of like just unpacking the AI fun times, um, to explore how children like experience grief um, and how like that is integrated as a theme throughout the film. And what we see in the film is like Katie dealing with the very real loss of her parents. Um, and this media is just like another piece of media that's in response to something that like a lot of kids are going through nowadays because uh, it's very relevant in today's climate where illness has made death more widespread, uh, that there are like many caregivers struggling with supporting their children during this time, uh, specifically around the area of grief and loss. There have been like a lot of uptick in books and movies made with those themes to like help parents and kids navigate that process because like we live in a world <laughs> where we really can't like we don't have the time to mm -hmm. be there for the people we love as much as like we do too um so it is really like a reflection of like this kind of collective frustration around that and that like it's not right but there's also not alternatives for the most part yeah. So it's like a double-edged sword. Um, but yeah, so essentially this film, in my opinion, is like created in response to like this overarching like experience that humanity is having right now where there is lots of loss and a lot of people are trying to navigate that and that, that specifically is really hard on kids. Um, so in Megan, we see a young child named Katie who has lost her parents in a sudden car accident as Gabe got into. Uh, their entire world is additionally flipped upside down when they are moved to an entirely new place with caregiver Gemma, who is doing their best, uh, but <laughs> was not at all planning to take care of a child ever. And it's evident. And it's like, that's totally fine. But now you have a child. So like, what are we doing? Yeah. Now you got to do um, something about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, if you don't want to do something about it, give them to their grandparents. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. always an option. Um, so yeah, an immediate problem that's presented to us in the film that just like further alienates Katie and makes the presence of Megan and absence of Gemma even more frustrating is the main reason I put their best in air quotes. <laughs> Because Gemma fails Katie in so many ways that did not need to happen because there were alternate care options available that, you know, may have been more supportive, like may being the operative word and that we are not given a window on who the grandparents are, but we are told that they have interest in raising Katie, that they have interest in like being there for her um, in a way that like, it's totally fine if Gemma's not ready for that. Like, there are other options available. And a lot of times in lost situations, that's not always the case. There usually aren't other options. So mm -hmm. like the fact that there are, and she's just like, totally like, no, yeah. I get it. It's tough. I think but it's like, like a it's, pride thing. And then yeah. you don't want the kids to think you don't want them, but it's like, that's not really it. Like you could still be a part of their life. Mm -hmm. like, you can still be messing up. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And like the film positions the grandparents as this alternate caregiver the entire film. And I'm wondering like the whole time, like, why do you not let them? Mm -hmm. But we're given a quick answer that they live on the other side of the country, to which I sell, say, if that was really the issue, you still moved her to a different area anyway, forced her out of homeschool because you didn't have time. So like, why does it matter where that happens? Either way, it's traumatic. Mm -hmm. At least maybe at the other place, she has an attentive pair of adults, like more than one human, uh, to like look after her. <laughs> so for yeah. whatever reason, it's fine. It's fine. It's what the movie is, what it's trying to tell you about. So for whatever reason, Gemma neglects the newfound parental responsibilities, but also denies alternative care. And it comes down to impact over intent for me. As mm -hmm. I said, she's not the villain, but she does harm and is a problem. Uh, 
So the first point of contention is not necessarily Gemma's fault, but it is an additionally traumatizing thing that after losing her parents, Katie is forced to relocate to a place that is entirely unfamiliar to her. Um, like in terms of like trauma and loss, it is super recommended if possible, not to disrupt a child's entire world and alternative support systems like school, friends, neighbors, etc. Even just like daily routines. Those things are like super essential in like helping the child cope you know, but instead mm -hmm. we're like giving, they still have this immense trauma, but now they're in an entirely new place. They're stuffed in a room full of stuff that isn't theirs and they're not given attention or time. And like, obviously in some cases it's unavoidable, but in this case, you know, it was. Mm -hmm. So the part of that, that the issue is that if you're going to disrupt a child's entire support system, you need to make up for that lack of support with intentional care, connection, and attention. Additionally, Gemma doesn't provide Katie with alternative forms of support from other humans and isolates her even from other family she does, in fact, have. Uh, like, she doesn't give the grandparents an opportunity to speak to Katie, see Katie. There's, like, really no effort put there. And it's mm -hmm. just, like, just a weird thing. I just don't understand why. Like, you could at least, like, have her talk to them on the phone. I don't mm -hmm. know. But it's also a movie, so, like, maybe we don't get to see that, and she does. I don't know. But... Gemma does not give Katie the care that she needs and honestly, like, low-key, like, neglects her the entire film. No, high-key. Um, <laughs> high-key neglects her. Uh, like, she just is not there. She leaves her at home by herself. Like, it's a whole thing. Because, like, I get it. She's dealing with the loss of her sister in her own way. And, you know, that exists. But it also, like, she has never had to care for another human in the way that Katie needs. And, like, that's just, it's just so glaring when you see, like, just the way she takes Katie in. So what is additionally frustrating is it doesn't seem like this comes from like necessarily a lack of love because she wants Katie there, it seems. There's like moments where there's like, oh, I do like care about this kid, but there's just such a level of like ignorance and lack of understanding <laughs> that like exists the entire time. And it's like, there's also instances where like you could have researched and you didn't. Mm -hmm. So... When the caseworker informs Gemma that she may not have known what she's taking on, Gemma immediately becomes defensive and honestly performative and trying to appear like a loving guardian, like awkwardly and ingenuinely. Gabe described it like in the toy scene mm -hmm. where she's like, of course you can play with this. I never said you could. It's like, yes, you did. But <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, yeah. Don't act fake in front of this lady. What are you doing? Um, but we get why. Because she doesn't want Katie taken away. And it's just like, it's awkward. Um, so unfortunately, what Gemma does in the movie is actually fairly common when dealing with loss. In fact, many adults in the lives of children have a hard time caring for a child while processing their own loss and grief. Um, in an article on American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry titled Grief and Children, they say that adding to a child's shock and confusion at the death of a brother, sister, or parent is unavailability of the other family members who may be so shaken by grief that they are not able to cope with the normal responsibility of childcare. An adult's inability to process their own feelings on the grief, unfortunately, can just like add to and like exacerbate the child's adverse reactions to the grief. So the absence of supportive figure can lead to just like overall regression in the child mm -hmm. um, as a like response within their minds and bodies to make their care needs more obvious. So they're realizing they're not getting what they need and they're in a state of stress. So their body and their mind activates and is like, all right, I got you. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're going to make sure we're heard now. Um, so this usually presents itself uh, when a child is grieving in the form of like acting younger than they are or speaking in baby talk or kind of regressing back to an earlier age. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like outwardly being like, I need help with things that like they usually didn't need help before. But like it's just a response to them being like, I need attention and affection Something. and care because yeah. I'm like sad. Um, and their body can also respond in like subconscious in a response to the grief that signals the adults around them like we need help um and this is usually shown in a child like wetting the bed or having other physical responses like stomach pain headaches etc uh, sometimes hives um it's like a body's response to stress as like an outward call that's like oh you can't ignore this um so for a child katie's age that we uh, that we see unfold basically what we see unfold for the child katie's age is just uh nine years old, I believe. 
Um, it's pretty spot on. And in an article on kids, kidshealth.org titled Bereavement Reactions of Children and Young People by Age Group, they unpack this, um, as I said, by age group. So Katie being nine years old, between the ages of five and 12, is stated to exhibit the following possible reactions to grief. And I'm going to kind of outline like the things that are common and then the things Katie does do. Um, and mm-hmm. a lot of them she does. <laughs> it's pretty spot yeah. on. So it's like maybe they read articles before making the movie or something. Yeah, that's um, so cool. So if you're reading the blog, I put what's said in the article in red and what Katie does in black. So just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, so common reactions, uh, blaming themselves for the person's death, looking for or sensing the person's presence. I didn't see instances of that. Not that I remember, at least. Um, but there... I think the blaming themselves, I think yeah. she did blame that car accident on herself. At the beginning? Mm-hmm. Like she thinks that she was distracting them okay so yeah so then she does do that at the beginning um uh the next thing is being distracted and forgetful that does happen i remember like when she's like sitting at dinner and uh gemma's like did you do this and she's like oh no i forgot um Mm -hmm. so that's a symptom uh or at least like a reaction uh having increased anxiety for their safety and the safety of the people they care about this is a big yes when megan is not around katie like panics and worries about Mm -hmm. her so this definitely happens um not wanting to be separated from caregivers we see this in uh katie's intense attachment to megan Mm -hmm. and a big piece of this is like we're not seeing this same emotion connected to Gemma because Gemma and her aren't connected because the second she gets there she's like this is a lot here's a toy (laughs) yeah the megan is 100 the caretaker of katie yeah yeah, yeah. And then another thing is not wanting to go to school. This instance is like kind of hard because like she was already okay. homeschooled. Mm. Um, so it's like her not wanting to go to a different kind of school makes sense in any situation, honestly, if you've never been into a different kind of school setting. But in this instance, it's when we see the scene where she's being sent to like this alternative camp kind of school mm-hmm. um, with other children. She's like very apprehensive. She like gets really upset in the car because Megan can't go with her until like uh, Gemma actually caves, like lets her. But it's like definitely this is something, but I don't know if that's like specifically because of the grief and more so as a response. Like she's never been to other schools. She's only been to homeschools. Like you're extra pushing her out of her comfort zone. Yeah. Um, I also think she just didn't want to be around other kids and not be with Megan. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I think it ties back to like isolation, which is another thing that they end up doing. Um, But the other it's, the other reaction is having physical complaints such as tummy pain and headaches. I feel like this happened, but I can't remember a specific instance. So I didn't specifically call it out. Um, another one is they may try to suppress their emotions to protect the adults around them. Katie absolutely does this for Gemma at first because she really doesn't talk about her feelings until she's in therapy uh, mm-hmm. or she's telling it to Megan. Like, yeah. Gemma takes her to this like therapy session in front of a board of people trying to buy the toy that she's working on. Um, not like regular therapy. <laughs> it's like actually mm-hmm. private and not for an audience. Uh, but like, that's the only time you actually hear Katie like express her emotions. Cause whenever Gemma's talking to her, she's like, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Like it's cool. Unless it's like something that really makes her uncomfortable. So yeah. I definitely think Katie does this where she suppresses like her actual feelings until like they're not avoidable anymore mm-hmm. um, which are all from usual activities that is something that like we don't really get a chance to unpack because Gemma doesn't ever get to know Katie <laughs> yeah not, like provided what, we're not, she like, provided what she was into before so it's like hard to judge that one the next one is being quiet or not showing a response to the death so like anything else like nothing has a perfect bow on it like kids react differently than adults might you know, to loss. Sometimes they won't react at all. Sometimes they'll like just kind of shut down entirely. Like there's lots of different ways that people will process. But um, in terms of being quiet and not showing a response, like Katie definitely shows the quiet side of it. Um, She has a very like quiet and somber response. She doesn't get overly emotional at first. Uh, It really takes a while for her to get to that point. And it's really not until we get into that therapy session um, that that starts to really show itself. Uh, The next one is feeling strong emotional reactions such as anger, guilt, or a sense of rejection. I say yes, absolutely. After the introduction of Megan, without the emotional support from Gemma, Katie's rage and feelings of rejection increase a lot. And if anything, kind of like what you were saying, Gabe, where it's like 
Gemma didn't want to give her up because she didn't want her to feel like she wasn't wanted. Well, she already felt like she wasn't wanted because mm-hmm. she threw a doll at her and like literally never spent any time with her. So she feels like a burden to you. Um, so like, obviously this feeling of rejection is potent and you can tell in like how she like reacts to just every situation that she gets put into after she kind of has Megan as a support system. And also like anytime Megan is like possibly taken away. Um, the next one is like obvious behavioral issues such as aggression, tantrum, defiance, getting into trouble at school. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, after the introduction of Megan, does Katie experience all those things? Um, may try to please adults and take on adult responsibilities. Um, I don't, I wasn't sure about this one. I basically say like her acceptance of whatever Gemma is asking her to do, despite the fact she's unhappy showed that for me, but like there were instances where she was like openly defiant. So not entirely sure. Um, and then change in eating and sleeping habits. Uh, Katie at the beginning was having trouble sleeping. I do remember that as a plot point. And also she like really doesn't seem thrilled about anything Gemma makes her to eat. <laughs> so I feel like both of those were true. Uh, it's basically like until Megan's introduced as a sleep aid, Katie does not sleep. Um, and then temporary regression and embarrassment around being different. I think the embarrassment around being different was present, but I didn't really notice any like regression into like acting younger I'd say like, it's like the one symptom that I didn't pick up on at all. Hmm. Um, But yeah. So the article goes on to describe the ways to best support a child of that age who is experiencing grief. And I will say none of what was recommended of the things listed are things that Gemma did. She did none of them. And Hmm. it's like really interesting because for how intelligent and prone to research she is, it's just surprising how little she uses the technology she creates to like learn how to best support katie like she builds robots but can't google how to support a grieving child it's just really weird (laughs) she can't be bothered to do that that's what that's where i'm like it's just like it's like intentional ignorance it's like really rude uh it's neglect Mm -hmm. ultimately uh but yeah uh so if you're dealing with grief and loss with a child there are some ways to support and uh, again i'm going to go through like does Gemma do this? And the answer for almost every single one is no. So just as spoilers for the next five minutes of your life. Um, So ways you can support a child going through grief, specifically for that age bracket is reassure your child that they are safe and say who is looking out after, like looking for for them after them. So like essentially if anything happens to you, who's next in line? Because if they've already lost someone, that's going to be an anxiety that they have. Um, So they're going to need to know, like if something awful happens again, where do I go so that there's some sort of like support and like control? Because mm-hmm. um, now I know it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like giving like a lot of kids developmentally don't understand what loss is. They think it's not permanent. They think it's something that like you can come back from like in a video game or like in a TV show. Um, and that's just not the case. And it's just something that's really hard for them to process. So once it's brought to their attention, sometimes they don't realize the permanence of it, but a lot of the times it's like, that fear of, oh, this happened once, it can happen again. Who is it going to happen to next? And then like that anxiety is a thing the child's going to have to deal with. So to alleviate that, you give them like a clear understanding of like, if God forbid something happens to you, where would they go? Um, So obviously Gemma doesn't do that. I think it's obvious that she probably would go to her grandparents, but that's like never explicitly talked about. Um, Essentially, uh, the next way to support is keeping a routine and normal boundaries around expected behavior. Gemma doesn't do this, but Megan does. So like, you know, all the cute montage of Mm -hmm. the routines, that does happen, but it is not done by the actual like guardian. Um, So the next way you can support is tell them that you know they are sad and use words to describe the feelings. This finally kind of happens at the end. of the film but at no point beforehand where Gemma like realizes she needs to do better by Katie and is like finally like it's hard you know we both loved my sister they were your mom we love them and this is really hard and it's like the first like connection piece that you kind of get between them but like until then that does not happen at all um it's crazy you think like more murder would not need to take attempted murder would not need to take place to have that but it's okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, another way to support is keep separation from loved ones and adult character caregivers to a minimum absolutely does not happen in the film she leaves katie alone all the time Mm -hmm. another way is make time to listen to their thoughts and questions and answer honestly make time 
<laughs> what? And her time? busy schedule? No. Uh, Gemma never does this. Never is time to listen to Katie. Unless it's done in front of a panel full of people who want to buy her robot doll and exploiting the screaming child for her career advancement. Mm-hmm. So. 100%. Uh, next one is talk about the death being a part of life, observe changes in nature and read books about death and dying. Uh, they don't spend time together, but this is something you could do if you're in the situation, which would be helpful for the child. Um, mm-hmm. next one is include them in planning of a like funeral or like honoring kind of thing, uh, to talk about whether they would like to do something as part of honoring that person who has died. Um, in another article that I found that I'll link in the blog, uh, they talk about like, you know, if they don't want to go to the funeral too, giving them other options of ways that they can like honor their memory, but like don't force them to go to a funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that could just be very traumatic for them. Um, but Gemma also doesn't do that. Uh, another one is make a memory box scrapbook or photo album together. I don't remember no. that taking place. <laughs> no, she just um, like erases them. Yeah. Cause it's like, that's her way of coping. And that's like, I'll get into it in like literally two minutes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So uh, encourage play. This is a natural form of communication and an opportunity to process what has happened. This is the only supportive thing that Gemma does for Katie. She does request play. She does pre- make a space for play in giving her Megan. And this is like the really only supportive thing she does in providing Katie with a toy. If she did the other things on the list instead of just giving her Megan, Megan might not have been as toxic. Cause you know, like the toy can act as a support, but you need to still emotionally be there like yeah. a little bit. Uh, I so think that was the, the issue problem. is that she gave her the toy, but it's encouraging play. Cause I think it's supposed to be like, you're playing with them. And that's yeah. what the therapist wanted them to do was play with the toy together. And she was not doing that. So I don't even think that counts. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, And the lessons encourage exercise. I don't think that happened in the movie either. I think it's just like to increase the amount of endorphins that the child experiences since they're going to be experiencing a lot of sad. Um, So the next thing is like, what does Gemma do instead? (laughs) She didn't do any of those things. What does she do instead? Um, And Megan, instead of emotionally attaching and bonding with Katie over the loss of the shared loved one, Gemma throws a super eight eye doll at her and tasks the doll with caring for all the emotional labor. She's like, I don't have the capacity for this doll. That is a robot. I just made is a literal baby robot. Go take care of this whole human child for me. Um, something an AI is literally not programmed to, or really capable of doing. And without the empathy capable sounding board, Katie is tasked with unpacking this loss without any real support as like Gabe said earlier, like you put them in front of the TV and left Mm -hmm. (laughs) the TV will raise the kid. Don't worry about it. Um, And it's like pretty evident, like just like the anger and guilt Katie feels in the film that it's just like so common in these situations um, is that like, that was like the biggest mistake because like you just abandoned her and then gave her this toy that like is so impressionable because it's like a baby robot. Like it's been mm-hmm. alive for like two minutes. It's like literally learning about things from this child who's going through intense emotional like turmoil and like mm-hmm. a lot of anger and guilt and is not having like <laughs> healthy reactions to things because they're not given any of the tools to do so that like it makes sense that Megan would become murderous in protection of Katie. Cause like there's like, she's not given a chance. Mm-hmm. So if Megan is Katie's main point of play, the anger Katie feels is something that would very obviously transfer to Megan as a toy that was tasked with her protection, as well as being Katie's being emotional support. Um, and in my research, another commonly asked for support for grieving children is modeling healthy coping mechanisms. Um, and in Gemma not exploring her own grief or feelings or showing really any empathy or emotional attachment at all to the situation, she unintentionally is marrying a very toxic way of coping. She is telling Katie, like, don't feel, mm-hmm. don't feel, just do, just keep go, just go forever. Yeah. And then eventually it won't matter. And like, what actually is very common in those situations um, is that like, yeah, it's totally cool occasionally to distract oneself with self-care activities or to work hard uh, and like distract yourself with like normalcy quote unquote Mm -hmm. uh but like Gemma entirely engulfs herself in work detraches from her emotions and the people around her and is not facing the reality of what she's taken on until it's almost too late in a way 
Megan's murderous rampage can represent that in grief and trauma, there are people who get hurt along the way in ways that cannot be undone, that there are ways we cope with things that do permanent and lasting damage to our emotional responses and physical well-being, as well as those around us, pushing down all the bad emotions until they bubble up into an explosion of harm. And that's like kind of what Gemma does. (laughs) And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because it's like, we get it. You're going through it. But also you have to take care of this kid who's also going through it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so real. Like, <laughs> you saying the murders represent how we hear people. That's super cool. Um, like yeah. that you made that connection. Um, Thank you. Not cool that it happened. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, if you think about it, murder is irreparable harm. You can't undo it. Just like you, you can't can. undo uh, emotional trauma and damage. Yeah. You can be forgiven for it, but you can't undo it. You can't go back in time and be like, I didn't do that. No, parents think they can, though. Yeah. <laughs> Some parents do. So, it makes uh, sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so crazy. I think, like, it, it, yeah, it was such a good film. There's so many things to, to talk about. It's funny. It's it's self-aware, um, which is funny to say about, like, AI. Uh, and it was just it, hilarious. It was so absurd that it cushions like the lessons that you're getting um yeah and yeah even as like there was parts to Gemma that I I appreciated just like in her like love and fascination with technology I thought that was really cool and it was clear she just really didn't know what she was doing and it just never yeah. occurred to her that she shouldn't be doing this um and yeah. it wasn't until she figured that out and then she was like oh oops so yeah and it's, yeah because it's like it's tough because it's like it's no judgment to like the want of not having children like but like if you're mm-hmm. having children now yeah you children to someone else or do something like you can't just not do something if the child is there now uh, mm-hmm. and that's like, like that's it's too the late part. yeah <laughs> it's too late to not do yeah yeah um super true and yeah, I highly recommend. Definitely go watch it. Um, we didn't. I don't think we really spoiled too much. It's more of just like she, she's a doll goes bad. Everyone knows that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, um, even if like you did get a little spoilery, like you still would enjoy the movie because it's just like a wacky fun murder time that like is surprisingly deep. Like it, yeah, we didn't like. You would still fully enjoy the movie knowing what happens. Um, it's not like the kind of movie where there's a big twist and you're like, darn. Yeah. I'll never get to experience that again. Like, it's not that. (laughs) It's just a fun time. You get what you get. And, yeah, I think similar to, you know, Child's Play 2019 and how those deaths, those deaths were, I think, significantly more gory and crazy. Um, I agree. But I also felt big emotions for the characters that were happening in there. I'd say not as much. I wasn't as connected as I am with katie and megan and them um but yeah i would agree yeah very similar so it it just felt to me like you know one of the biggest things with child's play was we were you know saying like does this have to be chucky like did did it need to be chucky to be just a murderous doll ai thing and megan showed us that it didn't need to do that yeah (laughs) it could have been a different doll doll. yeah any ai murder time yeah it's a fun movie i like I had no complaints about it. It was more so just like, oh, seeing this unfold, though, hurt me as, like, someone who cares about kids. Mm -hmm, (laughs) That's, like, mm -hmm. the only thing. And also, like, cares about, like, robots who have feelings. Um, But also, I don't know if I'd ever positioned Megan as, like, actually having feelings. So it was, like, kind of vague throughout. Um, I couldn't really tell if it was, like, this was just in her programming or if she was actually, like, sentient. Um, It was was a hard line. Like, I don't know if it was evil all the time. Yeah, like, she had, like, free will of sorts, but, like, it wasn't, it didn't seem like it came from a place of, like, I have sentience and emotional capacity. Yeah, I I think there was, part of it was, like, I do think she cared for Katie, like, there were times where, when Katie was opening up to her, and she, like, sings the song, what a weird time that was when she was singing, (laughs) um, (laughs) some wacky things, like, I just feel like they're, like, what can we do with this, um, but, when she opens up, I feel like that felt like care, but at the same time, it felt more like ownership of Katie. Yeah. Like, instead of, like, Katie is your owner, it was like, no, this is my 
thing. This Human, is the thing yeah. I'm responsible for. So get in line, you know, yeah. like figure it out. I'm taking care of it. I'm keeping it alive. I'm killing things that are trying to hurt it. Um, yeah. But not like, oh my God, I love you. Like that, that yeah. came across for sure. Yeah. And it's just like, it's tough. Cause it's like, no one talks about their feelings and I don't know. I think that's like the, also a theme. That's the problem is that no one says how they actually feel (laughs) until like, it's like really a lot of damage has been done. Um, Mm -hmm. So the whole moral is like, go to therapy, go to therapy. Talk about stuff. Talk about your feelings. If you don't got therapy money, do things like write or draw or like Mm -hmm. unpack those emotions. (laughs) Or do your own research. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, definitely watch the film. There's a lot of really creative things that happened in it that were exciting, um, and it is funny, and it's super silly. It's, you won't, don't have to go in with, you know, your media literacy classes. They really just do all that for you, and you can still enjoy yeah. it, like, if you're not getting too deep. But I, I'd say, if you're listening to us, you probably already have those on, so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah stay tuned for the rest of this series we got uh, two more episodes for the kids are all right Um, they're they're not really but they're gonna be and uh, and then we're on to the next thing but do let us know what you think of Megan Um, if you have suggestions for other AI films that you think we should cover um, who do you think would win the 2019 (laughs) Chucky or Megan um it's a good question because they both like control stuff. So it'll be a battle. Yeah. It'll be a battle. It would, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh don't get married. Don't let your kids. No. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll the robot raise them. raise them. Yeah. And now they're yeah. they're emotionally stunted, and that's hard. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops, the babies. Hurt. Oops, all trauma. Um, <laughs> okay. Hi. Hey, what's going on, Cat? It's really great to be here with you. I'm Xavier. My friends call me X. And from this moment on, I'm going to be your own personal AI DJ on Spotify. Yeah, I'm an AI, but listen, I don't set timers. I don't switch on your lights. I'm all about music. That's your good. music.